the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Portions of today's show may be pre-recorded. This program is sponsored by Walter Anderson Nursery. If you have a green thumb or have always wanted one, then get ready for Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery, hosted by Ken Anderson, along with David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. Garden Talk aims to introduce new ideas, help solve problems, and keep you up to date on the latest developments in the nursery and landscaping industry. Call in now with your gardening questions, 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. Now, here are your Garden Talk hosts, Ken, David, Mark, and George. Good morning, San Diego. You're listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. I'm Ken Anderson along with David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. We're going to be here for the next hour talking to you about all kinds of stuff going on in your yard and garden. Good morning, guys. Good morning. How good. are we? Good morning. I'm good. good morning. How are you guys? I am well. Super. Yeah, I'm in good shape. Super? Super. You're in good shape? I'm, I'm in good shape today. Reasonably. All right. All right. Um, did we survive the heat? Wow, that was yeah, it was, it was hot, hot yesterday. It was toasty yesterday. I actually went in my pool. I haven't been in there in a while. I don't even know if my pool's warm enough yet. Well, it was you know, yesterday. I thought <laughs> I thought for a fact that it wouldn't be. Mine's not heated or anything, but mm. I had no issue getting in. It wasn't bad. No, it wasn't bad at all. I'm nice, kind of surprised. Nice. I'm sure ours heated up quite a bit yesterday. And yesterday, you, but I haven't haven't checked it. Probably swam twenty, thirty lengths or something, and. Got a good in exercise regimen in? Yeah, until I bumped into a wall. That was, yeah. <laughs> All was right. Just Didn't leave any marks so no. that I can see, so yeah. we're good. Yeah. Good. It was... our, our plants suffered a bit yesterday up in the Poway store. I can imagine. We watered, and then we watered, and then we watered. And we watered again as we closed last night on a lot of the smaller containers. I do recall somebody during the day was blaming one of the waterers for things being dry, whereas it probably had something to do with them just drying out after having been well, really well watered. Are you going to hold that for the next month? Yeah, fact, maybe you longer. May, you, may, you may have watered poorly? No. You alleged that I <laughs> watered poorly, but I think I did an excellent job. You, you did a fine job. But it is supposed to be another hot day today. But cooler than yesterday, right? Yeah. So. And then much cooler Monday and Tuesday. Right. Yeah, it's like 20 degrees below normal or yeah, something like gonna that? Yeah, we're going to go I, from I, 10 to 20 plus to 10 to 20 minus in just a couple of days. Yeah, I think Wednesday is supposed to be, I think the high is supposed to be like 65 or something like oh, that. Goodness. Uh, well, we're going to be at the Huntington Gardens on Monday, Capri and I. During the, the slight rain? The slight misting rain, yes. It should be really nice up there. I would I, think so. I've been watering at my house and making sure everything's okay, and I just planted my veggies because I wanted those in the ground for this heat. I wanted my tomatoes and peppers to thrive, and they seem to be. Good. Except for the one that got eaten by a bug. And then I found a bag of diatomaceous earth I had sitting on the shelf forever. Remember that stuff I take home and right. don't ever use? Every, diatomaceous every earth was one of them. Every once in a while comes back to help and, you. 
the top of one of my just planted peppers had been gone, and I looked at the stem had been gnawed. Probably a, I'm guessing a sow bug, maybe, because I didn't see any snug yep. snugs or slails, <laughs> or slails, or trails, or snails or slugs. So I put diatomaceous earth around them and didn't breathe it in, and nothing else got eaten. Whether it had anything to do with that or not, I don't know, but I didn't see any dead bugs in my diatomaceous earth. So, you know, my question about diatomaceous earth is, what happens when it gets wet? It's useless. Well, no, it turns dark. I can tell you that but, very. But does it does it do anything? It, 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 it doesn't have the same impact on the insects. I did. It, I wouldn't right. think so. Since it's great. It's since great. it's a desiccant. And, exactly right. It, well, and it irritates or breaks through the, the the shells. That's why I get along so well with it. Oh yeah. yeah, you guys. Yeah. We're we're, we're simpatico. Exactly. You're an irritant <laughs> to most people. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, let's see. We do have garden classes today in San Diego. It's going to be create your own edible landscape with Chuck McClung. Should be a very good class in Poway at nine thirty. It's going to be all about tomatoes with Farmer Roy. Roy puts on a very good class, and he's probably one of the best tomato growers i have ever well, come across i think if we judge by harvest he's the best in everything yes we judge by harvest yes. because his winter crops when he does the broccoli and, and oh the cauliflower oh he grows gosh. it's yeah. like the size of a bowling ball yeah. it's huge so that that's going to be at nine thirty. the san diego class is at nine o'clock um next weekend on april 16th poway is going to be dark there's no class scheduled in poway um, at nine o'clock on in San Diego, it's going to be container gardening with Constance. And Sunday, April seventeenth is Easter, and both stores will be closed for Easter Sunday. So plan accordingly. Um, <laughs> I think that's about it as far as classes are concerned. Uh, there was something going on at the up in. Balboa Park. Oh, the 22nd, 23rd, and 24th, the San Diego Bonsai Club is having their spring show and sale. So if you want to take a look at some interesting stuff or maybe pick up a couple of things for yourself, that's going to be a – should be a pretty good show. Well pronounced. Thank I know. you. Yes. <laughs> yes. We appreciate Ma- you. I made sure of that. Uh, if you would like to give us a call today, 888 888- – 888-344-1170 is the number. You'd think I would know that by now. Uh, um, no. No. I wouldn't think that. Would you think that? I'm just going to sit here and look at the sign that says 888-344-1170. Right, right over, right <laughs> over yeah, the one over the, Yeah. <laughs> over Mark's shoulder. Yeah. Uh, While you're doing that, I'll talk to somebody about something i i harvested an avocado two days ago and then i set it down to go do something with my chickens knowing that i would pick it up and take it up to the house and you didn't you pick didn't know no, no you still meant to say planning on picking it up not knowing and this morning this morning i went down to let the chickens out and i had a half green half brown avocado they burned very quickly in the sun really yes yes the whole side of it is dark coffee brown the sunny side right and uh that reminds us of the canopy and, and what leaves do for fruit on trees. You know, they're, they're blooming right now, and so the, the blooms are out at the tips of the growth. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as the, the bloom is done and the fruit sets, then the growth comes out right behind it and protects the fruit so that it doesn't turn brown So it doesn't burn on the tree. Yeah. Also doesn't burn the bark on the tree either. 
That is very you know, true. We had a customer come in that he he had trimmed his citrus trees in the desert because they were too tall, and then the bark cracked and the branches were dying, and he didn't understand why. But now he is pretty clear on that. Got a good. He's got a good grasp of the situation. Yes, well, you know, I had mentioned yeah. it to uh, David, Ken, and Mark uh, that I had a um, big ficus tree on a front porch, and I moved it last week, and behind it was a big monstera, huge monstera, and then that monstera today is black. Wow! Because that ficus it, was providing some no, shade for shading. it, right. and now it is just fried. And that's very very sad. It's sad, but it's a great example of you know when when we when we talk to customers about anything changing, like no, nah, the plant's in the same spot. I've been watering it, feeding it the same, without thinking that well maybe I moved something, somebody pruned a, a limb off a tree in the neighbor's yard or something, and now there's more sun hitting that plant. Yeah, it it, it could be something is something. It, that happens like that a lot, and people don't realize that something happened or the sun moved or whatever it is. Well, the sun does move. Well, actually, well, yes. it doesn't. The earth moves. The sun Good point. hangs out there. But Well, you had an interesting one with a customer this week um, who was wa- watering her fruit tree. Oh, yes. But wasn't yeah. watering her fruit she tree. She was watering her fruit tree, you know, it, it, by all indications, adequately. I mean, the correct number of times a week seems like the right amount of water, but she was watering only the drip line. She had drippers all the way out at the end. It was a large old tree, and it was declining with each passing week and the water, she was only watering the drip line because she heard you had to water out to the drip line as opposed to from the trunk out to the drip line and, you know, encompass all of the roots that are all those feeder roots, surface roots and, and down below. So I think we got her going on the right track now, but that was interesting. You know, and speaking of that, I did two things this week. I mulched around my trees so that the water that they got would be better. And we were talking to a customer about a camellia this week that was suffering and I forgot to ask my question the way I would normally ask, which is how long has this plant been in the ground? Because that will then, they, it will trigger the response to be, well, it's not in the ground, it's in a container. So that answers the container question. And I forgot to ask it that way. And we went through the whole thing. And I was assuming this plant was in the ground. And then I was looking at a picture after probably five to ten minutes of going round through the ground. Yeah. Yeah. And there, there it was. You could see it sitting in a container, which totally changes the thing. And it's because I didn't ask the proper question. So I take it on myself. But it, it well, changes it makes, everything. It, it does. Everything in a pot's going to need far more frequent watering. And that's what wasn't happening, in addition to the scale. Well, we also, the, the, picture. The, the customer that Ken and I were just speaking of, the same thing applied. I, she didn't know what mulch was, so we talked about mulch as well and, and the benefits of, of having the mulch underneath the trees. What did you use for mulch? Grass and weed clippings. Oh. Um, however, I'm, I'm mowing this area fairly low, but after the rain a week and a half ago, it washed quite a bit of mulch from my neighbors down into my lawn, so I mowed it up off of the lawn and then used that the clippings and with quite a bit of ground-up mulch around it. Oh. So. It was yeah. better than just the grass. Better cover. than just grass. Thank yes. goodness for the rain, huh? Yeah. And you didn't have yeah. to do any, go anywhere. Now I have to go get my flat-nosed shovel and clean the rest of it off the driveway and right. put it around some more trees. But you know, it's you, there. You are the resident meteorologist. Are we expecting any rain in the not-too-distant future? Well, yes, we are. When? Monday, Tuesday. Quantities. 
less than a tenth of an inch. Thank you. Is, is that However, rain or is that... you know, that's down here in San Diego. I did not look for the, you know, 100 miles to the north or 80 miles to the north in Pasadena. Well, I'm more concerned down here because that's where the plants are. Yeah, well, no, you're going to be there on Monday, so it might. Oh, you don't. You're. I don't care. You're selfless. You are a selfless individual. I'm I'm worried about rain on my plants where I need the water. We're we're not going to get a good soaking rain out of this. It'll cool it down so that the plants need less water, but it is not going to provide them a full watering. But you will hear the sound. You remember the sound the trees make when they get a little rain. Go ahead. No. Yes, you do. Come on. Go ahead. When the first drops come down on their dry, dusty foliage, you can hear them going as they're sloughing and shaking and getting rid of the. Too bad we didn't have a camera on. For that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't think I've ever heard that before. Yes, you have. Yeah, yeah but it's David does, I, and I knew where he was going. I just was going to let him do it. Thank you. I yeah. appreciate that very much. Yeah, thanks, George. If you want to give us a call, 888-344-1170 is the number. Uh, we've got a interesting fair update, which looks Uh-oh. like it's looks like it's going to go. Yes, <clears throat> go. Yes, the San Diego County Fair at Del Mar is coming up this summer, right? Yeah. So we we have signed up. And we are one of a f- of a few people, f- five people that have signed or up so. For the, Let's not for the flower show so far. Oh, really? Yeah. So, so for perspective, what, what's a normal year? How many vendors or, or uh, there would probably be twenty to thirty exhibitors? Exhibitors, okay. exhibitors? okay. Yeah. So we've got our, but they have a full lineup of of musicians and bands and stuff going on at the infield. It's going to be a rip roaring show, and there's going to be. A, is it going to be a? What, what is, what's isn't the, isn't the thing on? They're on strike or something. No, oh, there's a there was a little legal legal in, setback, little injunction against the midway. Yeah, the midway. That's what I was trying. Yeah. to Yeah, but not the USS not Midway. This one. No, 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 no. no. Was sure it, did everything uh, clear on that or not yet? Not yet. Huh. So, so anyway, we're committed. So we, yeah. we've got our space. Or should be. <laughs> <laughs> we've we've got our space set aside, um, and we're well into planning what we're going to do. Should be an interesting. Should be an interesting and educational exhibit this year yes it reminds me that i need to order those foxtail palms yeah i forgot to yeah you're listening to garden talk here on kprz and kcbq we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with more right after this Get your gardening questions answered by calling 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. There is more Garden Talk on the way. Welcome back to Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. Got a gardening question? Call 888-344-1170. 888-344-1170. Now, here's your hosts, Ken Anderson, David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. And we're back. With more Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ, I'm Ken Anderson along with David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. Uh, Did you hear that guy at the intro? He knew the phone number. He just spouted it right out as we came back from the commercial. Yeah, that wasn't me. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, no, child, it wasn't me. Oh, you did. uh, 
the Wednesday Wisdom this week was yes. on worm castings. Worm castings. I did not read it. Oh, you just, you just <laughs> let it happen? Nature's greatest thing ever. Why? Because they do good stuff. Why? Why do they do good stuff? I asked you first. So worm castings or worm manure or worm poop, whatever you want. I prefer well, the latter. I like castings, yes. I like poop. Um, well, <laughs> I mean. <laughs> it's a 100% organic humus, and they're water-soluble. It, they uh, easily get absorbed into the um, into your plants, and it, they're just a great, and they add microbial activity. Uh, microbial. Wait, thank you. My microbiological um, activity into your plants. You didn't do that as. As good as I normally would. Yeah. yeah. They, they just, they contain colonies of, of microbes that are just incredible to help uh, with some plant diseases and, in fact, repel insects. And there are a couple studies out now that are actually um, supporting that. Anecdotally, we've always thought if you put worm castings down on a like, particularly hibiscus, you can reduce mm-hmm. the whitefly populations. But there's some science to back that up now. And that is because they are soluble and particles or compounds in them are it being has, absorbed. It has they... something to do with the chitons, and, and I honestly didn't read the studies on that part of it. This was a very, I, I put a, a real small thing from the University of California Master Gardener Program in Fresno to just explain the, the benefits of them. Um, but there's a separate study that talks about the uh, um, re- repelling of insects. Which is why having good soil that is conducive to having worms in it, where they're doing it on their own, is so a if good you, thing. you put mulch down, it would be one of the best things you can do to encourage worms to um, take up residence in your garden. But they're rich, the uh, castings themselves are rich in iron, sulfur, calcium, nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium. And they actually have an NPK, NPK rating of 553. Why did yeah. you hold up one finger when you said three? It was, a, it was an emphasis. It was a point. Well, I wasn't yeah, holding was, up a finger. A, it, was it was an exclamation point. Exactly. Okay. Emphasis. That's awesome. I, I've always known they were good, but I didn't know why. It's kind of like pith. Citrus exactly. pith in humans. We'll have a study someday. Yeah, Cornell University and Ohio State, UC Davis, and a, an Australian um, university did some field studies, and they say that they get improvements in, in yield in flowers and fruits and vegetables uh, up to from 57% to over 200% in increases in production. Wow, that's pretty Use them substantial. In your and then that's another reason as to why you don't want to let your soil dry out too much between waterings because it'll croak your worms. You want to keep the soil alive. Well, they'll usually just move a little deeper, won't they? Yeah, it's if they can. If they can, but they yeah. also, you know, they 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 come up from the bottom to feed, and so if it's super dry there, you, oh, you, you, that's you, true. They won't be uh, bringing that those nutrients or or de- decomposing all the material on the top. That is true. I uh, weeded last week a big area that used to be a garden a vegetable garden, and it had been fallow for a couple of years, and I just mowed it, and I'd let leaves accumulate. And when I went to weed it, there was a layer of decomposed leaves on top, worm castings under that, and a boatload of sow and pill bugs that were contributing to the right. to the organic yeah. matter in there. The sow and pill bugs went to my hens, but the soil there is pretty good it just, after it, sitting. Yeah, it always looks a lot richer looks more fertile just in looks yes a friend of mine had posted a picture they have a they have a pretty big vermiculture pit thing going at in their garden and she had thrown some banana peels on it and she posted a video she picked up the banana peel and 
under the banana peel, it was solid worms. For I, whatever reason, they they just go after a, banana peels. I had a big bin going, and it's it's pretty interesting to watch. The, the cucumbers, things like that, you know, they eat banana peels, they eat slowly. But if you put something like squash, you know, pumpkins, there's, <clears> like you just described, there's hundreds of them underneath it. And it's and an interesting thing when you move it, if you listen, it's, it's like a sci-fi movie no. with the slimy sound of, of worms moving throughout as they try to go a little lower into the bin. Could I'll, you try and I'll share remember that? not to do that. I don't could think, I, I, don't think, I, I, don't think I could make that sound. Try it. On my best day, I All could right. not make that sound. All right. Uh, God, I, who was There was a, was it out at the, was it at the landfill where they had that huge vermiculture operation? It was in Carroll Canyon. Yeah. And I don't know whatever happened to that. It became uh, the, so the 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 soil the, the property became too valuable. Oh, right. is that what it was? Yeah, it was because I remember of the, we went out there to see it, and it was it was a huge operation that they had out and, there. And it was part of the that whole gravel pit valley. This was one area that hadn't been done yet. Yeah, that okay. was neat. And they brought in stuff from the zoo and just laid it out very thin over large areas to to feed the worms and. Those were the that was our heyday of having great, inexpensive worm castings. Remember, we, we got a whole truckload of it to put into the train layout. Right, remember you guys talking about oh, that? Oh God, I vaguely remember that. I, I remember yeah. somebody had called my dad, or my dad had called somebody that he had seen in the newspaper, and they were looking for homeowners to grow worms for them so that they could have worm castings. They were licensing or or. Franchising. Franchising. <laughs> they were franchising their worm castings. I, it didn't seem to make it, sense. It, it works well. I remember when Richard Wright has taught a couple classes, he said, you know, it, it, it's one of the best things that you can put in every time you plant a fruit tree or in your garden, you know, a scoop or two. And, and, I, and if I'm not mistaken, I think uh, Farmer Roy is going to talk about it today in the tomato class because he uses them regularly. Um, you can make a tea out of it, a, a compost tea in this case, you know, worm casting tea, and spray it directly on the plants. It gets immediately absorbed. It won't burn. It works very, very well. Oh, we had that. You guys had it before I ever came working. I used yeah. to come and buy it from you. That compost tea up front is that what you were? We, well, we up? had that. We had that that cart that made compost tea that was constantly breaking down. Um, and it had to be in constant aeration. So if it stopped for a day, then the, oh, then you just have a waste. A, an yeah. awful mess of anaerobic humus water. Yeah. And then, <laughs> is, yeah. That, and then, is that a good description? And, and yeah. then Monrovia had their little kit that you could get or that you could buy, and it was it was a five-gallon bucket, a five-gallon bucket, an aerator pump, and then it came with a bag of compost to start the compost tea. And we set one up outside the houseplant department, and then next morning we came in, and there was just foam everywhere i mean it, it it did not it did not work as advertised we are working with our with a worm supplier right now on on that he's going to get back to us and making it making it happen a scoop of this a scoop of molasses and uh 24 hours and then we also have somebody that has some non-24 hour compost tea that we're talking to and it's not worm compost it's just compost, compost right tea. we do sell a compost tea uh, tea bags. The, boo- the booze, yeah, booze, yeah, booze one. blend. And that's a 24-hour one, right, right? Right, And this is one that you don't have to plan 24 hours in advance to use, that you can just mix up, and it's an hour, or was it I don't just recall right a time on it, but yeah, it seems it's to be much more It's supposed to be wonderful quickly. stuff. We're working on it. Right. Well, and then we had those 
those stacking worm bins bins yeah. it was those are composters they were they were, they were australian i can't remember the yeah. name of them now if it's the black round ones they were called can of worms that's, that's what it was yeah. that, that's with a k or a c, c. they were expensive c. yeah they were, they were expensive. i actually have one the city used to give rebates if you purchase them and dixie line was selling them and they gave and and they work i've had tremendous success with it no it's a it's a pretty slick yep. pretty slick system and as i recall you start with the is it you start at the bottom and then the worms work their way up. Through? Correct. Yeah, yes. you can keep stacking if you wish, yeah. or you can you know empty it at some point. Take a bottom, take the bottom one out, and drop everything down, yep. and put it back up on top again. And I think they were, I think they were recommending you start them with um, with newspaper. Right. Newspaper and it comes with coconut core. And hmm. Just throw that in there. And it's they don't fit. break down coconut core, do they? Oh, yeah, they, it's gone. They use it in bedding, and then it's gone. It's, oh, they do. Yeah, they they will gone. consume you that too. You won't find it inside the bin at the end. Interesting. No, wow, wow. I didn't. Yeah. That voracious little creatures. Do they do they cause damage if you get them on your fingers? Will they bite you or anything like that? Oddly enough, no. Okay, yeah. good, good, good. So you don't. People don't have to worry about that. I just wanted to allay their fears. You'll be fine. Thank you. If you want to give us a call, 888-344-1170 is the number. Um, I was walking around through the yard yesterday looking at some of the stuff that we've got going on. We've got a lot of blatillas in right now, uh, which is a really neat little orchid. orchid. Round orchid. Little little pink orchid. Uh, They'll naturalize around here. You can put them in in a filtered light area. Uh, They'll do very well. Gesundheit. Those are the nicest looking blatillas I've ever seen. They would be comparable to the Dave Roberts Gloriosa Daisy. Oh, really? Of yeah, there's probably a half a dozen individual bulbs. Uh, I guess they're probably rhizomes or corms. Rhizomes. They're probably rhizomes in each pot, and they're blooming. And they're they're really neat. They only bloom a couple of flowers on the stems, but they're an attractive orchid, and they will multi- naturalize and multiply. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a pretty, pretty, pretty plant. I remember we used to sell the the, bulb, the bulbs right, or whatever yeah. they, whatever it is. Yeah, um, we used to sell them in the. I guess it was the spring bulb. Yes, correct. The spring bulbs. Yeah. We would get them in. Um, he's got a lot of them. He must have a a growing bed of them that he's dividing out of. I. That's a lot of rhizomes in those pots. Each of those pots. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and we're not the only customer. So you must have quite a crop of them, quite a crop of them going. Um, the other thing that I saw, they're not in bloom yet, was, um, what was it? God, if you do it not mention dahlias while we're talking about Well, the, the dahlias colors. look the dahlias look amazing they're incredible. right now. And it's only April. I know, it's very they, early. Yeah. They're, they the, have the, popped. The, they, they are fantastic. Yeah, the dahlia selection right now is just absolutely amazing. And, and they only need to be watered. Two or three times a day when it's ninety-seven degrees. I think I watered a bunch of them yesterday. Two or three times a day. Yes. But if if you plant them or if you take them home and put them in an area where they get afternoon shade, it's perfect for them. They can enjoy the morning sun, and they will take full sun here. They're just it just makes them extra thirsty with those fleshy, large fleshy leaves. Especially with the heat we've had. Yeah. Right. It was astilbes. We got a bunch of astilbes in. Um, I believe they came. I think they came from Monrovia in Oregon. Very if, possible, if I'm not mistaken. But I remember we used to buy those yeah. and, and then pot them up. Right. The pips was that is that yeah. the stilby pips? I 
No, I, hips were the well, with uh, no, Lily of the Valley. Lily yes. of the Valleys and um, Stilbys were root divisions. But we would, yeah, we'd get in all those divisions and we'd pot them up and two gallon pots, two gallon yeah. pots, and get them to bloom for for yeah. usually Easter about this time. Yeah. I don't know why we did that. Yeah. Well, I guess well, cause because nobody else was. You exactly. couldn't get them. That was the only them. way you could get them. Yeah, correct. Now other people are growing them. Yeah, and they do. They do look very. They do look very nice. They have not started to bloom yet, but they're that's going to be right around the corner. You're listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. If you want to give us a call, 888-344-1170 is the number. Bob, stay on the line. We'll talk to you as soon as we come back right after this. Welcome back to Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. Got a gardening question? Call 888-344-1170. 888-344-1170. Now, here's your hosts, Ken Anderson, David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. And we're back. With more Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ, I'm Ken Anderson along with David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. If you want to give us a call, 888-344-1170 is the number. If I can figure out, there we go. Um, we're going to go down to Otay Mesa where Bob is waiting. Good morning, Bob. Thanks for holding. What's up? Well, thank you. I just uh, saw a news article and uh, in Las Vegas on Wednesday, they released 100,000 ladybugs, and they're saying they want to reduce the use of pesticides. And I'm curious, is that, is that something we're going to see in the future? Well, we've, um, been, we've been selling ladybugs for as long as I can remember. Uh, how, how effective they are as a, natural as a natural control, I would say, is probably debatable. But and they, they and there's only there's only certain insects that they that they will target. So it's not a it's not what I would call a broad spectrum insect control. It, it helps, but if you have a severe infestation, usually releasing ladybugs isn't going to solve it. But if you have a balanced environment and add ladybugs to it, you can help tip the scales in your favor. And releasing a hundred thousand ladybugs is a wonderful thing. Um, I think the containers we have have six or seven hundred ladybugs, so it would be like releasing a lot of those containers. Yes. A lot of those containers, one hundred and fifty yeah. of them or something, yep. depending on how many are actually in there. Um, it's a it's, it's a nice a bad thing, yes. Representation to make people aware. There we go. Okay, thank you. I was just curious about that. Something we're going to see more often. And maybe releasing more than a hundred thousand. Yes, yeah, that is possible. You know, I forwarded you guys an email yesterday. Thanks for the call, Bob. Have a great Thank weekend. You. Take care. And I forgot to read it. I was going to read it before we went on the air this morning, and it was about um, Spinoset. Is that what it was? Well, it was saying that some natural insecticides it's, it's do more yeah. more damage. damage to the. Yeah, I yeah. saw oh. that, but I couldn't read yeah. the article. Somehow, I couldn't figure out how to get there. I don't know. Yeah, so it was a uh, a study with the Royal College of Medicine, University of Melbourne, and uh, a neurolo- uh, another uh, research institute, including the University of Texas. Yeah, they've decided or, or found out that perhaps spinosad is not the the best product. I thought you were going to say panacea. Usually, that's your go to word. Is a good, there. Yeah, it's not. It may not be the panacea that we're looking for. Okay. Um, yeah, it's. Uh... This was this was interesting in the um, in the article. It says it, it actually states having an organic label doesn't always mean safer. 
which well, is, that's the key. That is, and, and, the we, truth. and we've said and, that a lot. You we, know, it, it, the dose, you know, the dose is the poison, right? So, yeah. right. And just because it's natural doesn't make it good, and just because it's not doesn't make it bad. Correct. And, yeah. They've, the uh, it says that spinosad actually has always been thought to be less harmful to beneficial insects, and so it's been used quite readily uh, as opposed to synthetic ins- insecticides. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're saying now that it may not be as harmless as they once thought. Well, it would just seem to me that if it's an insecticide, it's an insecticide, and Correct. it's and it doesn't necessarily distinguish. It doesn't necessarily distinguish between a good insect and a bad insect. Right. In, in most cases, usually the the reason you you would use the insectis the uh, the organics is that they they don't linger as as long, mm-hmm. they, and they break down more rapidly. Yeah. So that they're not there on the fruits and vegetables or other plants. So they're, they ideally would be less harmful, but they're finding out that spinosad may actually be. And did you see what they were studying? They were scanning the brains, the of, fruit brains flies. of fruit flies. Yeah. We can scan the brains of fruit flies. So there's hope for you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Jorge. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So here, the, the big takeaway that I got out of that article was that spinosad has a has far greater negative consequences on the fruit flies in the study than fewer doses of imidacloprid. Interesting. Now I'm sorry mm-hmm. I brought it up without having read it first. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I did think that I did think that was a very interesting article, yeah, but that it the the main takeaway though was. But you know that it, might explain it have it just because it's organic doesn't mean it's safer. And for me, it, it, it might help explain a, at least a little bit. You know, it is uh, Spinoza said we we tout it regularly on citrus for citrus leaf miner and other chewing insects, but it is very restrictive in its use when you read the label. You That's can only true. use it this many times per year, depending on the crop and the some things you can eat the very next day, and some things you can't eat for up to sixty days in the case of asparagus. So it yeah. is, it's limited application. Despite its, you know, organic credentials, but that might explain why it has all of those unique characteristics and, and why it's so important to read the label and by chance. And it's also very important to read the label. Uh, yes, yes, yes. And you know, like so, um, talking to some of our growers, some of the synthetic, some of the um, synthetic pesticides that are out there have they use them at such a lower rate. The exposure that their workers have with it is significantly reduced. Is it's a fraction of what it is for other things that that you kind of slather the, on there. You just kind of <laughs> you just kind of put on. Yeah. So, you know, it's it really it it's a, it's a very interesting thing the use of pesticides. Take everything pesticides. into account. Yeah, okay. you you, re- you really do. You really you really need to take a look at everything. And, and I want a little more credit for having used some diatomaceous earth at my house this week. I, I well, not yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Somebody. Well, have, the only reason you use it is because you didn't use well, it. Yeah, last you, year. The only reason you, you use it is you had it at the it. house, right? Yeah. And why did I have it at the house? Because you're lazy. You're, yeah. No, no, because it was free. Oh, that's oh. true too. Okay. This this article that you're citing that you shared with us is from the uh, Baylor uh, College of Medicine. I'll post it on our, on the Garden Talk Facebook page later. Thank you, sir. Um, yeah. It was, it was covered cool. with an inch of dust from my chicken coop. It, I mean, from the storage. Oh, half you're of talking it. about the. The last thing about this study, though, was my first thought when I read it was, what are we going to use for citrus leaf miner if this gets taken away? Pheromone traps. That's it. I'm, we're using those now. So I don't think they're going to take it away. But 
pheromone traps. Yep. That would get that would get you a good start. Yes, it's a good mm. it's a good well, mitigating then the step. Other, well, then the other one would be the the bioadvanced soil systemic. That is that is labeled safe for foods like right. the FDA and the EPA. Yes. Yeah, that would work. And supposedly has been tested and tried and used in the in this state for many years. Right, and it's labeled for it. So, yep. Well, all citrus and in the quarantine areas has to be treated with it. Well, no, this was when it first came out that we had it. It was it had already been tested on citrus well, yeah. before the before the psyllid. Uh, yes. Um, now is a great time for. Grevilleas and proteas. Can we go back to to ladybugs for just one second? There has been, we have been able to get ladybugs, but there was a there's a shortage shortage or yeah. There's a period of time where we couldn't because of the fires up north, uh, right in the areas where they collect them from. And it's funny, a hundred thousand ladybugs sounds like a lot, but in the ladybug world, it's it's a it's a fraction. And when you, I remember being up at the, what's the observatory in, outside of Tucson? Oh, Kitt Peak, I think. Kitt Peak. Yeah. Uh, Jacqueline and I, when I was visiting her out there, we went up to Kitt Peak. And around the base of the dome, the ladybugs were coming out. And we were up, what is it, it's 6,000? It was Something cold. Like that, yeah. It was cold up there. It was <laughs> boiling hot and thunderstormy down in the valley at Tucson, but it was cold up at Kitt Peak. But the ladybugs were swarming and coming out, and they were all around the perimeter of the of the dome. Hmm. And there were thousands of them in that one small area. When they come out, yeah, I've never seen them in the wild. Out. I've never seen them in the wild before. I think that would be. It, it was. It's pretty I think that would be interesting. I've seen them up in the sequoias, just and like you said, David, just you know, thousands of them all in like in one spot, in, in clumps as you're walking through the trails. I was mm. walking through the trail <laughs> one day. Okay, now you can... We can go on to... Now uh, you make... It's a make, garden stuff. You make yeah. grevilleas and proteas. M- move along, Douglas. Yeah. Move my, along. Um, my pincush isn't actually blooming this year. Nope. It's, doing, wow. it's, doing, it's doing very well. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty Happy. pleased with it. Have you yeah. pretty the, much the ignored ba- it the, for the it, most part? Well, for the most part. I mean, it, get, it gets water... Sometimes, right? And um, but it, it's it's done very very well. The pro, the um, banksia that's planted right oh. next to it, it's they're a little more so gawky. Well. They're a little more gangly. In yeah, their but, you know a, the, the, those the leucodendrons, leucospermums, and the grevilleas. When we have people that are ju- that don't know them and, and they're just out there looking, when they see them in bloom, they 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 walk away with them. When they're, they're a beautiful plant, right. and they require very little care. Although right. I tested their drought. <laughs> uh, resistance a little too much early, um, and they do want some occasional water. You can't just let them go forever without water. Uh, but they are gorgeous, and my upright one is blooming right now. I was noticing it yesterday that it is starting to bloom. Of which, because I just the three. oh the pin cushion. Okay. I have a couple of pin cushions, and some of them are much more sprawly in their growth. And I right. have one next to it that's probably six or eight feet across, and goes up and, and sprawls out. This one is upright, so it has long stems. And do you guys remember my complaint about the upright one with the long stems every year about this time? No. Yes, I do. What is it, Someone George? comes along and cuts all the flowers Somebody off. swipes them, and I think right. it's somebody that is profiting off of them, not just a neighbor borrowing a cut flower. Right. And that's Roy why I borrowed but never deployed the trail camera so oh. I could catch them. But it works better when it comes off of the back shelf. <laughs> Farmer Roy has a 
beautiful one up by in his gardens up at uh, it's not Sunshine Cadence Cadence, Cadence. Yes. at Poway Gardens. That's right. He's got a gorgeous one in the garden. Well, it's huge. Mine are getting ready to bloom, and I'm very excited about it. Along with my lion's tail and. My banksia, which is not the most attractive plant, but the flowers when they come when out. They flower, the flower is yeah. pretty cool. Pretty, and those yeah, seeds. Uh, uh, seed when pods. I was in Australia, those mm. seed pods are carved into everything. I have Christmas ornaments mm. that are made out of banksia seeds. Yeah. They're, it's a, it, when you get them to that point, it's a pretty neat plant. But <laughs> yeah. It's getting, 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 getting there. there it's yes. it's yeah. a little tedious. You're listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. If you want to give us a call, 888-344-1170 is the number. Pam, stay on the line. We're going to talk to you as soon as we get back right after this. Welcome back to Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. Got a gardening question? Call 888-344-1170. 888-344-1170. Now, here's your hosts, Ken Anderson, David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. And we're back with more Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. We're going to go up to Carlsbad where Pam is waiting. Good morning, Pam. How are you? Fine, thank you. And thank you for taking my call. Anytime. My question is, we took the bamboo and cut it down halfway. We want to get it out so we can plant something else there. There's a sidewalk and a wall and a deck. How do we get the roots out so we can get them out to put some new plants there, please? Is it how how big is the bamboo? The diameter of the combs? Uh, how big would you say? Check with my husband. How big? About an inch. About an inch. About an inch. We had, yeah, we had a gardener come and cut them down because they were real tall, and they had black mold on them. And he cut them all down to about uh, four feet tall with the wall. You know, the walls there. Well, I I, I can tell yeah. you from personal experience, I took out a huge clump of bamboo that was next to next to our pool a couple of years ago and i ended up having to call a tree service in to cut it down completely and then they brought in a stump grinder and ground the root system out um and (laughs) (laughs) and that was fairly successful at least on my side of the fence but where it had moved over to the other side of the fence in the neighbor's yard it took them a little while to get it under control um, yes, the neighbor. The neighbor's very unhappy. That's one of the reasons I'm calling you guys. <laughs> yeah, so that I mean, it's you. You could probably you could you could cut it down to the ground, and then dig dig, dig the rhizomes up by hand. But it's it's going to be a it, it's going to be yeah. a lot of work. May yeah. I offer an yeah. alternative? What's that? Chop it down oh, to the ground, and then as it starts to sprout back out, spray that with a super concentrate of remuda, and it'll probably kill the rhizomes too. Yeah, but it'll take it'll take a longer it take longer as it sprouts right. out. If there are any leaves left on it now, you could do that. Uh, does yeah. do the do the stems have to come out of the ground to do what your next step in the process is? No. Then then I would chop it down to the ground and spray what uh, what sprouts. Yeah, yeah. I, okay. Actually, what I think what I would do if we're going to go that route is chop it as close to the ground as you can, and then spray everything as soon as you cut it for the first time. Uh, that will take care of. That will kill off some of the rhizomes on on its own. And then if you see anything new starting to sprout, go ahead and hit it. Um, I think that's a that. better idea. Could yeah. you recommend what to use? Because I'm a real novice at this. To spray them with what would you recommend, please? There's a product. Uh, Monterey Chemical makes one called Remuda. That's what okay. I would use. It's a higher concentration. Okay. Yeah. yeah, it's a higher. It's a higher concentration. And then they on the label it gives you a range of application rates. Use it at the strongest uh, rate. 
but don't get it on anything else that you want that to, you to live. That, yeah, anything that you want to keep alive, don't put it on it. <laughs> okay. Well, you all have been wonderful. I'm thank you for my neighbor too. Okay. Thank yeah. you very much. And have a great day. Thank you so Thanks. much. Thanks. You, you too. too. Good luck with that. Bye bye. Thank you Goodbye. so much. Yeah, that's a my, my neighbors had some running. My not my neighbor. My parents' neighbors had running bamboo, Ugh. and it was coming under the fence and between the layers of the asphalt of their driveway and then coming up in the middle of the driveway. So it was running as it's designed to do. Yes, it was it was doing it was fulfilling its destiny. Um but it was it was Remuda that took care of that. And it it has stopped it on my folks' side of the fence, but it their driveway goes right up to the fence, which makes it a little easier. You know what right. else is in insanely invasive? Is uh, horse tails. Horse tails. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. I do know that. Uh, we had a we had a customer that was fighting it. It had been put in. It had been put in their landscape in the front yard. It was coming up on the back side of the house, under the walkways, under, under the, the walkways, house. under the under the slab of the house. I, mean, I, it was, I don't find it that was, as an attractive plant, so there, I would never have that problem because I wouldn't put it in. I I do find it attractive in the right place right but there's not very many places that are that right. right do you know where exactly. where i think it is attractive is in a a container a a rectangular container or a square container as an upright on a patio or i've also seen it used in commercial uh situations to separate a eating area from a sidewalk or something. I've seen it, it, I've seen it like yeah. that as perfect, well. A perfect it, it vertical. It does make a screen. Yeah, a lot, yes. of, people, but, yeah, a lot of people downtown use that, yeah. like, you, like you said, yeah, in the, in the and, containers. And yeah. I, I think it's an appropriate use. You, you don't, you yeah. know. No I, no, I agree with you from a, from a use and functionality standpoint. From a standpoint, utilitarian it works, standpoint? It works quite well. I just don't find it as an attractive plant. I, gotcha. I, know I couldn't use it, yeah. <clears throat> Can I talk about worms real quick, though? Sure, we were talking about sure. earthworms and how useful they are in the garden. There's an excellent book that I had read not too long ago called Earth Moved, Earth Moved by Amy Stewart. And it is an incredible history of earthworms from, you know, as far as scientific discoveries about them and how they um, compost material and dig and aerate and everything and, and how Charles Darwin basically dedicated and devoted the last portion of his life to study earthworms. He was intrigued by them and, and what they do in soil. So if you have an opportunity to read it or listen to it on Audible, great book called Earth What, what was it called? It was halfway through your, your talking that I actually started paying attention. So what was the that's, name of it that's again? That's a bit earlier than you normally do. Yes, um, yes. It's called Earth Moved. How, and the subtitle is called the On the Remarkable Achievements of Earthworms. How did you find that title? Yeah. Because I've read – you've actually read some of her books, The, the Drunken Botanist – is oh, one of her books, and okay. I've read some of her books. And as I, you know, you read it, you find other titles by the same author. That's how I discovered it, and it's a great book. It's incredible. You know, that sounds much better, the drunken botanist, than David Ross or, you know, Ken Anderson, for instance. I, I like that. I may, I may borrow that. <laughs> you, it's all yours. Thank you, thank you. I, I have always known and loved worms, but just kind of anecdotally. And if you have an environment where earthworms are happy, your plants are going to be happy. I didn't realize. The correlation. correlation. They were, right. yeah. yeah. If they're living healthily in your garden, then, then you, you typically are going to have a good You're going to be successful. Right. And if you're fighting crummy soil, almost no matter how hard you try and how hard you work, you're going to fail because the plants aren't going to be able to grow. No matter how good of a person you are and how diligent you are, if, if the soil's yeah, lousy. Yeah, you, you can't go wrong if you've 
if you've made your garden bed um, a happy place for earthworms. Which is which is why I'm just amazed at how well the citrus in the parking lot at, at Poway has done because the the soil when that began was Not river rock held together with clay. Yeah, but the organic matter over the years that was twenty two twenty seven years ago. No. 24, 25 years, 24 24 years ago. ago. The soil's improved since then. Yeah, at least where the citrus are. It's growing like crazy. Uh, Once again, at 9 o'clock today in San Diego, it's going to be Create Your Own own Edible Landscape with Chuck McClung. And at 9.30 in Poway, it's going to be All About Tomatoes with Farmer Roy. Both should be excellent classes. Uh, Like I said, Roy is probably the probably the best tomato grower that I have that I have ever met. Uh, yeah, I'd and, like to say that the tomatoes I enjoy every year are the ones that I grow, but sometimes I might supplement them with what he, you know, brings by. Oh, oh he brings yes, it. He brings in milk crates of them for for the employees. Uh, and they're and they're fantastic tomatoes. They're they're absolutely as, perfect. As I've been touting the class to customers when they're, you know, they're buying tomatoes or asking questions, I'll say come this Saturday great class. The guy that's teaching it Grows twenty to twenty five thousand thousand pounds of vegetables in his garden. He's yeah. the yeah. guy to listen to. It's crazy. He knows what he's doing. Not You've us. been listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. We'll be back next weekend with another hour. Have a great weekend, everybody. Thanks for joining us on Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery, your source for gardening, landscaping, and horticulture news. Still have a question for the Garden Talk crew or want to learn more about the show, how to become a guest or sponsor? Send an email to askanexpert at walteranderson.com. That's askanexpert at walteranderson.com or visit walteranderson.com. There's more professional gardening advice next week at this same time on Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. This program is sponsored by Walter Anderson Nursery. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.